everyone. This is Leslie. And Sarah. And this is episode five, we think, episode five <laughs> of our Tailors in Japan podcast. And although it is episode five of our Tailors in Japan podcast, um, we are still not in Japan. <laughs> um, Taylor's hoping to get in Japan podcast. Yes, maybe we should change our website, taylorsinlimbo.com, <laughs> maybe. Um, anyway, that's where we are right now. We're, we are certainly in limbo, and that's what this episode is all about. It's our uh, Taylor's in Limbo episode. And uh, there is, you know, um, a lot to talk about, actually, for not really doing um, what we're supposed to be doing right now. So we were actually supposed to be in Japan as of about mid-April. We were looking at around like, what was it, like April? I think the 24th? Yeah, well, so the 24th was the day for my my visa. But I think like the, uh, I think originally we were looking at like the 11th or the 14th or I I don't remember, somewhere in that time frame. Anyway, it was supposed to be around the middle of, of April that we were going to be in Japan and beginning our work. And obviously, we're coming up on the middle of May, and we're not in Japan. So I can't actually remember what we talked about last time, but in case you didn't hear or haven't heard yet, Japan um, closed down their borders, as many countries did, and they shut down all immigration for right now. So even though Sarah and the kids all have their COEs, their certificate of or certificates of eligibility, and even though I actually have my visa already, um, I'm not allowed to go into the country. Basically, if you have been in the U.S. for the past 14 days, you couldn't come into the country unless you were like a Japanese citizen. Um, but even Japanese citizens are being tested when they come in. But anyway, I'm pretty sure now there's just not even flights going into the country, basically. It's, it's not really possible. But even if we did get into the country, it wouldn't matter because they would just kick us back out. So... That's where we are right now. Um, you know, we can't come into the country. They've closed immigration. They've suspended all visas. That doesn't mean the visas are canceled. It just means they're they're suspended, so they can't be used at the moment. And uh, we're just waiting for the borders to reopen. And our plan is, as soon as the borders do reopen, um, probably within like two to three weeks, we're going to try to be there um, within two to three weeks of when the borders open. Um and so that's why we're in limbo because we're kind of, we're, we're committed to going. Um, our plans haven't changed at all. As far as doing this work in Japan, we're committed to that work. Um, our supporters have been amazing and uh, continued to uh, stand behind us in this. And so uh, we're just waiting for them to give us the green light to head on in. And so once they do that, we're going to be headed out and going back to Japan, but we can't do anything until then. So the problem is because we need to be ready to go pretty quickly after they do open it back up, um, you know, we can't really just restart life here or kind of like let life go back to normal here is what I should say, um, because we have all our, well, not all of our stuff packed up, but we have a lot of stuff packed up and we can't just unpack all of that because then we'd have to pack it all up again. Um, and there's stuff anyway that we sold that obviously we can't get back. I mean, you can't go back to those people and be like, hey, actually, could we have opened uh, or lifted the state of emergency. So my at the very least, I think um, 
we're looking at June at, at best case scenario would be June sometime we might be able to go. Um, right now, things have been getting better. I actually have an article from the Japan Times opened up right now, and it says that the Tokyo Metropolitan Government reported 39 infections on Friday, um, stretching the consecutive number of days below 100 to 6. So they've had a week, basically, of less than 100 new cases in Tokyo, which is very a very good sign. Um, and uh, they had a, a peak of 201 cases on April 17th. Um, so that wasn't really all that long ago, but things have definitely been getting better since that time. And so we are hopeful that that will continue on throughout this month and that at least by the end of the month, they will lift that state of emergency. And then sometime this summer, we'll be able to go. Now, when that is, is the question. <laughs> We're not really sure when. Um, it, it, We're only eating unleavened bread right now, and we've got our walking stick in our hands ready to go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's basically where we're at. We're just kind of like, you know, waiting for God to to give the go ahead. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit, too, of, um, you know, World War II when they were waiting for D-Day. Um, you know, they would be all prepped and ready to go, and then they'd be told, sorry, we're not actually going today. And so then they'd have to, you know, do all that again the next day or whenever it was and just kind of waiting and waiting. And so that's where we're at right now. We're just, you know, waiting for that day to open. But I'm optimistic that it will be this summer sometime. Now, potentially a very, you know, if God blesses things and so chooses, maybe it's June or it could be July or August or September. I personally feel like it's going to be sometime this summer that they will open things back up. Um, for a lot of reasons that I won't get totally into, but I, I don't think they want to keep things closed for longer than they need to. And also there's been a lot of good information coming out recently that I think is probably going to make people feel a little bit more optimistic and a variety of other things. So I, I don't think that they want to keep it closed forever. And even the United States only closed immigration, I think, through sometime in June. So hopefully, you know, some of those things will pan out and sometime this summer we'll be able to go. That's the plan. So um, that's our goal. That's what we're hoping for. And that's what we're praying desperately for because we don't really like being in limbo. Um, that said, I think Sarah and I both feel like it's not been a totally bad things, uh, bad thing that things got extended here that, that we've been in limbo. I mean, the limbo is not great, um, but it's been for good in some ways because the church that we're working with, or we've been kind of helping out here in Florida, um, They've had four deaths, is that right, Sarah? Four yeah, deaths is, this yeah. year and three since the lockdowns began. We've had three people pass away since the lockdowns began. It had nothing to do with the coronavirus, by the way. No, none of it, as far as I know, has been related to coronavirus. It's just that there's a number of elderly people who were already sick and had other things going on. And uh, you know, I mean, maybe the lockdowns and the stress exacerbated that, possibly. I, I don't know, but... Um, you know, at, at, at any rate, it wasn't because of, you know, coronavirus itself that anybody died. It's just, you know, they had people who had other issues going on. And so I think it was good in a sense that we were, you know, here to help them out with that. Um, Even just personally, one of those people was Leslie's great aunt, um, yeah. who has been part of this family since before I even came into the picture. So yeah. it, I think it was good for his mom and his grandfather, especially for us and more particularly the grandkids to be here just to help 
I don't know, bring some joy at a very sad time. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, my great aunt was really um, like a grandmother to me, really. Um, that's that's really how it, how it was. She was kind of like a grandmother to me. And, um, you know, it was it was sad to lose her. But I think, you know, and when Sarah says she's been a part of our family, actually, she's been a part of the family <laughs> longer before any of us, either of us were born. But, okay, Southerner. <laughs> uh, but... But she actually lived with my parents, is what she's referring to, to be specific. Um, since Hurricane Ivan came through here, I don't know, like 15 or so years ago, however long it's been now, um, she's been living basically with my parents, and they've been taking care of her. So it's not just like she's been a part of the family in like an extended sense. She's been living with my my parents and been a direct part of our family for like 15 years plus. Um, and so... Uh, obviously that um, kind of made it even harder just because they were so close. But again, there's been other people who have passed away as well, who we love very deeply. And, um, you know, that's been difficult. So I think it's been good that we've been here to try to help out and be an encouragement to them during this time. Um, not to say that Matsuda doesn't need the help as well. I mean, they do. But so far, nobody has passed away that I know of, uh, you know, recently. So, um, but they do need the encouragement and we are excited and eager to get over there for sure. Um, very, very eager. But uh, for now, that's where things stand. So um, in the meantime, we're keeping busy in limbo. You know, being in limbo doesn't mean we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. We're trying to do things, even aside from the work we're doing here in Florida, we're trying to do things related to our upcoming work in Japan. So maybe Sarah has some things she can share uh, in particular because she's been involved not just in the packing, but also even stuff with the kids. So uh, we'll uh, let her talk a little bit about that because I, I think she has some things to share there. Yeah, I mean, there there are silver linings to pretty much any situation. And so we have been able to find some silver linings in our time here being extended. One of those for me is just being able to finish out the school year with the kids because um, we were going to be pushing it to try to squeeze in everything. And I don't think Madeline would let me squeeze in more math if, <laughs> if that's yeah. what, I, what I plan to She's like to me. Do. She doesn't, not a math person. So um, that has been a nice aspect. Like, okay, we'll finish out the year. I don't have to bring that work plus next year's work with us. So that's a little bit of a burden eased. Um, we just over this I don't know, our life, our married life together. We have tried to grow and to become content in all things. Um, just keeping our mind on the fact that we can do all things through Christ. We can endure all th things through Christ. We can trust God that he knows what the best way forward is. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have feelings about things. And so I think we did really well. Um, for me, I did really well up until about Easter. And then it started to kind of hit me like, you know, there are things I've gotten rid of that if we had been in Japan, I wouldn't have noticed or I would have been able to unpack this thing I've packed um, already. And just starting to feel some things like, okay, I'm getting a little bit tired of this limbo. Can we please move forward? But the kids have done great with it, um, except that they have started to notice toys that I have donated that <laughs> they never played with for years. But now that all their good toys are packed up. They're like, well, where is this? Where is that? Um, we really haven't packed much more because 
I'm kind of like, what's the point? Why would I put more stuff in boxes that I'm going to end up missing? Um, but we're working around the boxes that are in the living room and making do with what we have. And really, I mean, we're so blessed anyway. We have so much that takes care of our needs and so many of our wants that really we're not missing out on a whole lot by having things gone or packed up. Um, I don't know. Can you think of anything, Leslie, to add? No, I mean, um, for me, the only thing has been some books that I packed up. Um, I packed up a, a box of like my, my, you know, Bible books, basically like theological books. Um, and there's been a few of those that I've thought, wow, I wish I had that right now. <laughs> um, and I could open it back up, but it's a pain. And again, I don't really, that's another box that I would have to pack whenever the time comes. And so kind of like Sarah said, being in the state where we want to be ready to go when it's time to go, you kind of just have to accept that. So, but I, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just occasionally like yesterday I was working on a lesson and I was thinking, oh, I wish I had that book. And then I was like, oh, no, I packed it away. So there is that, but it's nothing big. So one nice thing, I guess, another silver lining is that because we have all been on isolation, um, the kids have not been able to see their friends three times a week, three or four times a week like they did before. And so um, at the same time that all of this happened, a lot of the kids' friends and ours included got, um, what is it, Messenger Kids for Facebook. So these kids can message each other basically like texting from their iPads or parents' phones or whatever. And so that's been good, too, for them to be able to connect in those ways while we're all on isolation, because it shows them even when we do move across the ocean, you will be able to keep in touch with your friends. You can still maintain this relationship um, and it's all going to be OK. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your friendship. When we move, um, you can still keep that love between you guys and actually Cambria has been able to connect with the daughter of some friends that we have who are missionaries to India and Nepal and they were born around the same time and they've had very very similar parts of their lives um those that friend is also now currently stuck in America in limbo and so for Cambria to have someone who really understands her history and her her present situation is such a blessing for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of reiterate that point, we're certainly not the only missionaries who are stuck in limbo right now. Um, even though our situation is, is somewhat unique, I know of at least three other missionaries who are in limbo right now because of the virus. Um, we know uh, the, the couple and the family that, that Sarah was just talking about to India, and they've been in limbo in some in some ways for a long time. No kidding, um, four really. years, I and think. And so this is just an extra, you know, facet of that. Um, we know another couple, a uh, young family who were supposed to be going to Greece and doing some work in um, the, uh, like, refugee camps, which is, I mean, super important and a lot of great work to be done there. And uh, they're also not able to go right now. Uh, I know another missionary family who they actually had just gotten to Ethiopia and um, hadn't, I don't think they'd even been there a year yet, but anyway, it had been a relatively short time and they had to come back home. So 
again, there's a lot of limbo for a lot of people right now, and uh, it's it's difficult and challenging for everybody. So we're certainly not the only missionaries um, who are in this position. Um, and it's, uh, of course, we know not just affecting missionaries too, but I just mean there's a lot of work out there to be done that's not able to be done right now because of this virus. And uh, that's obviously not a good thing. So I think we ought to be praying about that, not just for our family, but for all the mission work that's being affected right now. Um, Here's another great thing that we've been able to experience while we've been here. Our old mission partner, Steve, is working with a group out at Harding who are interested in Japan. And so he's been working with them, I think, on Wednesday nights with the Japanese no, Thursdays with Japanese language, Wednesday on um, missions, I believe. And so we were able to jump in on a Zoom call with this group of people who are interested. And that's just like, we don't run into people who are interested in missions in Japan. It's hard to find people interested in missions, period. Um, But, and it turned out one of the girls in that group was someone who I have a tie with from our families knowing each other 30 years ago which was just amazing. And I can't wait to see what God is doing with this group of uh, kids. I mean, (laughs) I hate to think of college people as kids, but (laughs) I guess we're getting to that age. But (laughs) that's been, that was so awesome to be able to be a part of what Steve is doing there. And I love seeing that Steve is still working. He's such a hard worker for the Lord. And like he retired, he came back to the States and he is still working in the field. Trying to have some kind of impact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what else have you been doing, Leslie? You've been doing a whole lot, and it'd be great if you talked about what you've been doing. Yeah, so uh, I'll get to that in just a second. I, did, did we talk about the kids' language study? Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, so that was one thing I just wanted to add really quickly because I think it's it's very relevant because it's not just us as adults who are preparing. It's the kids who are preparing. And in some ways, I feel worse for them because, like Sarah said, because of their friends and losing some of those relationships, it's really hard right now, I think. For them. So we've been doing some things. So anyway, I'll let Sarah share some of what they've been doing so far. Yeah. So I don't remember if we had mentioned it before or not, but we have um, a Japanese tutor who come, well, she doesn't come over anymore, who Zooms with the, the kids twice a week. Um, she had been coming over. I think we started around the new year having her come to tutor the kids, the girls. Um, <clears throat> although Boston actually may be more interested than the girls have been. So she has been teaching the girls basic vocabulary, really, um, how to count, how to refer to people like your grandmother, your aunt, um, your teacher, uh, how to express what age you are. And recently she asked the girls, what do you want to know? And they said, we want to know how to talk to people. Um, so this week she started teaching them conversational skills. And so it's slow. Um, I think it's a little slower than we had hoped, but I think that it's necessary to be slow just because the girls are not in Japan right now. And so it's hard to to change your mind over to Japanese. So we're very thankful to have this resource of someone who is natively Japanese, who has the patience to work with kids and is trying to help them rebuild that foundation. Um, Boston like I said, he's he's so interested in it. And so he'll be like, Mommy, can I watch Japanese TV shows so I can study Japanese? <laughs> um, but that's good because the kids, obviously, that's relevant to kids. And so when we do get over there, those are TV shows are going to be a big part of what he's talking about with the friends that he makes. And so he'll know who Ampaman is and Doraemon. Um, 
So I don't know how much he's picking up, but he does, he tries to count and he tries to um, talk about dogs, Inu. So he's got a little bit of vocabulary, but he's got interest, which is really the big part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like Sarah said, it's kind of hard because it's slow. Um, Obviously the way that they're going to pick up the language again, and I, I personally still think that it's there, but the way that they're doing school right now or these, these tutoring sessions, I mean, obviously they've just been learning words and stuff and they can't really have like normal conversation um, because the teacher is a tutor and she's teaching it more like a class. So I really think that as the kids get to engage again with their friends and hear people talking it constantly in context, I think that they're going to be able to pick it up more easily. Um, it may take some time, but I think that they'll get there pretty quickly. Um you know, Boston, he'll be the best, I think, out of all of them, obviously, because he's youngest. But that's one of the things, you know, we were really hoping to get him into Yochian um, when we got there. And obviously, he's not able to do that right now. And Yochian's supposed to start in April. Now, thankfully, and I say this thankfully, I mean, thankfully for Boston, not thankfully for anybody, really. But um, at least in this situation, the Yochian has been delayed. So they actually haven't started school yet. Um and so Boston wouldn't be in there anyway with them right now. So hopefully he won't miss out on a, a bunch of the school year when we do are able to get there. Um, but, you know, we'll see how things play out because uh, to me, that was the big thing for him to learn the language. You get him into school for a year and he's going to pick it up so easily. You know, it's just going to be natural for him. So, uh But anyway, I mean, you know, we have been doing the Japanese TV shows for the kids and uh, actually, you know, that's something I've been doing as well, trying to watch some Japanese TV shows to keep my Japanese language up and just hearing it regularly. I mean, the fact is you can't, nothing is going to replace having daily conversations with people in Japanese because it's one thing to hear Japanese and it's another thing to speak Japanese or any other language for that matter, but it's a completely different thing to actually have a conversation, to have to think on your feet and respond in Japanese to a question that was just asked to you. Um, and so that's what we all really need. Um, and so it's just, you know, a matter of, of waiting to that point. So anyway, as far as uh, what I'm doing, um, you know, there's been a lot of different things here um, that have been going on. I think uh, that, he's been working harder since we all went on isolation than he than was before. Yeah, I think in some ways that's that's probably very true. Um, I have been very busy with a lot of different things, um, actually specifically related to Japan. So there's two particular things that I've been kind of focused on. One, well, let me back up just a little bit here. So we've been in contact with our sister Sanpei. Sanpei-san, as we call her. And uh, Sanpei-san is one of the kind of stalwart members of the Matsudo Church. She looks after a lot of like the paperwork and, and stuff over there um, for them. And she's the one who helped us put together a lot of our paperwork to get ready to get our visas and go to Japan. So she's been heavily invested personally in helping us. Um, and so she's been in contact with us. And, you know, they don't have a preacher or a minister there at all right now. And so with them, they're not able to meet right now either, just like so many churches across the world. They haven't been able to meet in person. So 
one of the things that I wanted to do was to try to provide something each week that maybe could be an encouragement to them. And maybe I can't do like full out sermons right now, but I said, well, at least I can do like a little devotional. So every week I've been putting together um, a uh, video devotional and I will take that video devotional and release it on Facebook. And uh, then Sampesan and other members of the Matsudo Church can see it and watch it and listen and maybe get some spiritual encouragement for the week. And these are really short. I mean, they're between like five to ten minutes. Um, they're short, but they're not in Japanese for an American person. Just, uh, I'm going to sit down and record some of my thoughts, are they? <laughs> no, well, and that's the thing. The videos themselves are short. Like like I said, five to ten minutes. Ten if I'm I'm going long, you know. There'll be ten minutes if I'm I'm kind of going more than maybe I should. But the thing is, a let's say a six or seven minute video, for me, that is a multi-day process of creating those. Because first, what I've been doing, now this last one I actually wrote totally in Japanese, but because they're so short, um, I have to be very specific about the way that I word things. Um, you know, honestly, the shorter you are, the more concise you are, the more intentional you have to be with your words. And that's really hard to do thinking in Japanese and writing in Japanese from the start. So what I've been doing is I'll write the lesson out in English first. So that way I get the logical flow to the idea, to the Devo all out in the way that I would naturally think about it. And then I will translate that into Japanese. And usually that'll be about three pages of outline notes and that, that I I've learned that about three pages is about where I need to keep it in order to have a, um, you know, a video that people will actually be willing to watch all the way to the end, basically. Um, so I'll write it in English first and then I will write it in Japanese, you know, translate it. And then after that, I have to record it. And that's the hard part. Um, you know, cause speaking in person, like I could totally do these things without a problem in person. But in person, you have a lot more leniency, a lot more leeway with how you say things. I mean, if somebody's preaching from a pulpit, um, you know, you're not necessarily going to be looking directly at them the entire time. You may look down at your Bible, you may look at other things, but when there's a video, you're going to look more at that person. And also because it's recorded, there's kind of less leeway in how you sound. So when I record things, I have to say them really well, at least as best as I can. And I also need to be looking at the camera on a regular basis. So the way that I do my lessons, I, I can't just speak freely, especially in a video, even in English, this is hard to be honest, to record a lesson in English on video, um, is not necessarily very easy, um, to do well. And so, especially in Japanese, I have to record things repeatedly. It usually takes me at least an hour, sometimes two, to record everything for one of these like five to six minute or so video devotionals. So, I mean, you're talking about two hours of recording just to try to get everything down properly so that I can have a short video to produce. And then after that, I have to edit all of that video and compile it so it's ready for Facebook. So... This is, you know, like I said, a multi-day process. It's not, it's not a, a simple thing, even though it seems super easy on Facebook. You see a, you know, six-minute video or a seven-minute video, you think, oh, that's, you know, that's easy and that's nice. 
and I wish it was easy. I hope it's nice, <laughs> but, uh, it's definitely not easy. So yeah, that, that takes a lot of work. Um, but I have felt like it's been pretty fruitful. Um, there's been a number of people who've liked it. Not all of them are even necessarily from the Matsudo church. Um, some of them are other ministers. Some of them are also, uh, just other people in town. Um, we have some friends who have been watching him and liking him a lot. Um, and they get quite a few views, like normally by the end of the week or by the end of a few days after I've posted, then they usually have at least like around 50 or so views, which, you know, is pretty good. Um, and some people have even shared them, you know, with other people. And so I, I feel like it's actually a good ministry and something that I, I intend to keep doing. Actually, once we're in Japan, I want to keep doing these kinds of videos in some form or fashion. I'm not sure exactly what it will look like, but I do want to be doing these things. Uh, but at any rate, um, that's been a pretty busy project, really, <laughs> especially on top of, you know, still preparing lessons and stuff for here in Florida. So that's been a big thing that I've been doing. And uh, I've also just started, you know, I, I'm a creative person. I like to create things. You know, probably many of you know at least that I, I do photography. Um, and so this week I started creating some kind of like social media graphics um, using some like scriptures or I might use maybe some uh, Christian quotes that are relevant to our time. And so I'm going to try to share one of those, you know, maybe once a week or so. Um, on Facebook as well. And that actually had some really good reaction this week too. Um, and what, all I did is I shared a quote. This one was from, I think it was a first Peter five, seven. Is that it? I think it's five, seven, um, where it says, uh, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Um, and then I just shared like a one paragraph. I said like a single paragraph talking about that verse and just encouraging people to pray to God and cast their cares on him because he cares for us. And this was in Japanese, right? Yes, yeah, this is all in Japanese. Um, the graphic is in Japanese. You know, I put the, the, the text in Japanese on the graphic. And uh, that got quite a few likes, and, you know, people seem to appreciate it. So those kinds of things, you know, again, I'm far away. We're here right now, but it gives me an opportunity to use Japanese, and it gives me an opportunity, most importantly, to bear fruit and encourage those people and to be involved in the work, even while we're still here in the States. So, um, you know, we'll see how things play out in the long term. But at least right now, like Sarah said, I've actually been pretty busy with stuff and, and you know, just keeping updated with what's going on and paying attention. And, uh, you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to do this stuff in person because that's where the fruit's really going to be born most of all. Um, and that's what we desperately want to do. I mean, we are eager to be there and to start this work. Um, and so I think that leads us to kind of the last point we want to talk about today is prayers. You know, um, we really want people praying for us. And, and you know, the thing is, I, I'm not, for me, the prayers, it's not so much just about having more people. It's not like I think God's going to be like, well, you know, you had 35 people and if you had just gotten that 36 person, you know, I would have done it. <laughs> um, I don't know that that's necessarily the way God's thinking about it, but I do know that God listens to prayers. And I think that having people who are genuinely concerned for the well-being of our mission, um, genuinely want to see us bearing fruit for his kingdom, like, I think that matters to God. And so it's not necessarily just about numbers as much as it is just about people pouring out these concerns to God um, and asking him to be involved in this. And so some of the things you can pray for 
Number one is our family. I mean, Sarah, what would you say? What are some some things that people can be praying for our family uh, in regards to? I think emotional strength, just to be able to keep our focus and not let the feelings um, of of the things going on immediately um, overtake what what our focus and um, goal is. Yeah, patience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one that I need for sure. I need prayers for patience, and I, I think that's true for our whole family. Because again, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating being stuck here. I didn't want to be stuck here. Um, you know, I, as I said, I, I think it's been a blessing in some ways. I think we've been able to do some good, and I think God knew that there were some things that were needed. Um, not that that's why he caused us. I just mean, you know, God is always working and doing billions of things in any, you know, one instance. But um, nevertheless, it's hard, you know, because that's not what we planned for. We were supposed to be in Japan already. And so that patience, we need prayers for patience, for God's timing. Um, but also we need prayers that God will open the door to this work. Um, you know, there's there's been people who have said they want us to stay, and, and that means a lot to us. It, it, we appreciate the fact that people love us and want us to be here. You know, I mean, nobody wants to have people like, yeah, get out of here, you bum, you know, <laughs> good riddance, <laughs> see you later. Um, obviously, we don't want to be you know, treated that way. And so we're really grateful to have people who want us to stay. Um, but because of that, all the more reason we need people praying that the door is open for this work because this work needs to be done. Um, this work is important and nobody else is going to take this work over for us. Um, so, you know, the doors need to be opened and then it's completely out of our control. We have absolutely no power to open those doors. There's n- literally nothing we can do about it. It is 100% in God's hands. And so we want prayers that God will move things in favor of our work and not just our work, but, but all missionaries. Um, you know, God says, and I think we've talked about this verse probably before, maybe not, I don't know. But anyway, John 15, um, God says he wants us to be fruitful. He's the vine, we're the branches. And as the vine, he supplies the needs for the branches to produce the fruit, right? He wants us to produce fruit and we want to produce fruit. And so we need prayers that he will provide the things that we need in order to be fruitful in Japan. And right now, that means opening the country up. That means the numbers going down. That means the crisis getting passed. I mean, at least like the worst of it so that they can open immigration again and we can go and begin this work. And honestly, um, you know, we want to be there right now because right now is a time to be fruitful. Now with all this stuff going on, I really believe this is an opportunity for people to be reflecting on um, God and what that means you know, eternal things, basically, recognizing that they don't have control. And so we want to be encouraging those people to think about this in terms of of Jesus. And there's a huge door open right now for that uh, in Japan, I believe. So, you know, prayers that God will move um, the hearts of the government, that he'll move everything in favor of this work so that we can produce fruit. I think that's another prayer um, that we'd like. And also prayers just for the church over there. This is hard for them too. And, you know, again, we don't always realize how much privilege we have here in the U.S., but we've got so many churches here. I mean, even if your local church wasn't doing a live stream of worship or something like that, you could jump on to 
any of like thousands of other live streams that are available out there. You know, there's so many things and that's just, you know, that's just the live streams of worship. That's not to mention classes that are being taught, even videos available from like seminaries and other organizations like that, that are providing, you know, high level content for studying the Bible and learning about God and learning his word. There's so much out there right now that we have, and that doesn't exist so much in Japan. And so, you know, the church there really needs the encouragement and the help. And so praying for them, um, and especially for the members of Matsudo, because they don't have somebody ministering to them right now, this has to be a very difficult time for all of them. So please be praying for them that they'll be safe, um, that they'll stay encouraged, and most of all, stay faithful to Jesus during this time. Um, so that once the doors do open again, that we can get back together and, and start you know, working for his kingdom. So... Uh, Sarah, I don't know anything else. Is there anything other other particular points that we would like to see prayed for? I think those <laughs> no, are the main ones. I think ones, we've but... talked a lot about nothing. <laughs> so, huh? I think we've talked a lot about nothing that nothing going according to plan. So, oh yeah, I think we're I think we've covered it. Yeah. Well, um, so anyway, that's where we are. You know, in limbo, but keeping busy in limbo and praying that limbo ends soon. Um, you know, we, we want to be out of limbo. We want to be back to this work. So, uh, we're eager to do it and, uh, just definitely ask for your prayers. Ask that if God's willing that he'll open that door soon so that we can go. Ask that he'll keep us healthy in the meantime and, and keep us safe and keep our families safe. Um, and keep us focused so that we don't lose focus on, on this work and, uh, help us even to be fruitful with the things that we can do now. Pray for that too that the things that we're doing right now will produce fruit. Um, Cause that's what we want at the end of the day. We just want to be fruitful. And so everything that we're doing right now is in preparation for that. So uh, anyway, um, I know for all of you guys, you know, this has been focused on us. Obviously the podcast is about our family, but we do care about all of you. And we know that a lot of you guys are dealing with the stresses of this as well. Um, this hasn't been easy for anybody, obviously, and it wasn't expected. And uh, here we are, you know, it is what it is, um, but God knows, and we know that we can trust God. We know that God is doing good things through this. We may not see what those things are right now. We may never see what those things are, but we know that he hasn't let this happen for no reason. And so uh, we encourage you during this time, stay faithful, um, you know, keep your chin up, knowing that God is with you and uh, keep that, keep your focus there. And uh, I hope that we'll all be able to look through this and afterwards, you know, after it's all over, eventually, Lord willing, we'll be able to look back and say, look what God was doing in that time. And uh, I hope we'll all be able to say that uh, regardless of where we are. So hang in there, guys. We love you all. We thank you for listening. Um, and uh, hopefully we will see you in the next episode, which hopefully will have better news of uh, impending travel to Japan. But uh We'll see what God has in store. Thank you again for listening, um, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Until then, this has been Leslie. And Sarah. Stay safe. Talk to you soon.